welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. I want to read you a little story. In a small Texas town, Mount Vernon Drummond's Bar began construction on a new building to increase their business. The local Baptist church started a campaign to block the bar from opening with petitions, prayers, and fastings. Work progressed right up till the week before opening when lightning struck the bar and it burned to the ground. The church folks were rather smug in their outlook after that until the bar owner sued the church on the grounds that the church was ultimately responsible for the demise of their building. Either through direct or indirect actions or means, the church vehemently denied all responsibility or any connection to the building's demise in its reply to the court. As the case made its way to the court, the judge looked at over the paperwork. At hearing, he commented, I don't know how I'm going to be able to decide this, but it, it appears from the paperwork we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and fasting, an entire congregation that does not. <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> you know, we're, we're fasting, and I just want to just encourage you as a, a pastor in this church, don't, it's not enough to take something out. The, the point is, is to add prayer to our fastings. And it's that combined sacrifice. It's that combined setting aside. Like Joshua, the son of Nun, it says in the Bible that he stayed in the tent a little longer. If we just stayed in the tent a little bit longer, how much more of Jesus would we have? And I just want to pose that to us this morning. How hungry are we for Jesus? Pastor Jake said in 2019, and he's going to be sharing next week, and I'm really excited and get excited about things that God was already putting in his heart in the fall for this year. But he said 2019 was a year of unity. It was a year of defeating the giants. It was a year of breakthrough. I'm not sure if any of you have looked up the definition of breakthrough, but breakthrough literally means to cross the enemy lines. In Merriam-Webster, breakthrough is an offensive military assault that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line. We have a slide here. Can we just show that slide? So this is a picture of a jet breaking the sound barrier. Have you ever seen that? Who's ever ridden in a jet? Probably not, but maybe there's someone cool here that is a fire. What's that called? Fighter pilot. Thank you. I was going to say the X-wing fighter, but... Fighter pilot, but there's something, so what this is showing is this, this jet is breaking the sound barrier. So what happens when a jet, I don't want to act like a total expert on this, and if there's scientific people in here, forgive me, and please do not send me an email on how bad I really hacked this. But when, when a jet is breaking the sound barrier, you guys hear that? Have you ever heard that? You just hear it, like the sonic boom. When a jet is breaking the sound barrier, you know what happens before it's breaking the sound barrier? It is shaking, shaking. How many of you have felt a shaking? You're just like, oh, I can't handle this. Oh, this is too hard. This is too hard. And God is saying, if you would just hold on a little bit longer and be like that jet and break the sound barrier, you're going to come through on the other side. That's the word from God for some people. You're going to come through on the other side. When you, you sound like you're, well, I know, but you sound like you're 
Well, when, when you break through the sound barrier, up to that moment, the plane is about to bust apart. It can't handle it. You're going at almost 1,000 kilometers an hour, 1,000 miles an hour, and it breaks that sound barrier, and it's shaking like crazy up to that point. And you're, they're sitting in that cockpit, and they are just bouncing around. The plane's going to break through. And the moment they break that sound barrier, they are gliding. It, it, it becomes smooth sailing. All the turbulence is gone. All the, all the shaking, it all ceases the moment they break that barrier and break through to the other side, and they are just cruising along. So it's important to know it. Shaking, 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 shaking. Whatever you're going through, shaking along. Ooh, I can't take this. I can't take it. Boom. There's that massive boom. You hear the sonic boom. You hear it break. You hear this, that invisible barrier break in your life. You cruise to the other side and everything stops. It is all calm. It's smooth sailing. That's exciting. And maybe, you know, some of you are like, that's not what it looked like when my 2019 and I crossed over to 2020. <laughs> You know, maybe I should have a picture of like bombs exploding and stuff exploding. And the point isn't to try to have this smooth, like, oh, everything's easy. The point is, is I'm trying to convey here is to keep on holding on. So you know what's going to happen in prayer and fasting? Normally, all hell is going to break loose. We're hoping for this. We're like, oh, I'm not having this unicorn magic moment. Not, you know, I haven't broke through the sound barrier. All hell is breaking loose. You can just take that slide down. Thanks. You know what it looks like? You're going to have offense come into your life like never before. Like never before. You're going to, it could look like an attack on your finances. It could look like sickness in your home. It could look like crazy stuff happening in your family. It could look like losing your job. But God is saying, hold on. Hold on because breakthrough is coming. You are crossing enemy lines breakthrough is coming. And I just think that some people, before you leave church today, you just, as an act of your faith, you need to just cross over to the other side. You just need to be like, I'm, as an act of my faith, I'm going to take a step and say, I am stepping across these enemy lines and I will not be defeated and I will not quit. Keep going, says the Spirit of God. For some of us, we need to make a list of declarations and this is something that I've begun to do and I'm going to read some. And I shared, um, I don't know if you guys saw the video I posted on um, social media. For those that you're fasting, social media, you wouldn't have seen this. But the Lord began to speak to me about writing out declarations and begin to declare things over our home and over our lives every single day. So to declare isn't just like praying like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Declare means to speak out into the atmosphere and to speak louder and louder and farther and farther. So I'm going to read a small list of declarations, and I've been declaring them over each and every one of you. This is a year of stepping into the promises of God. I declare that this is a year of stepping into your holy inheritance. This is a year of your increase. This is a year of building. This is a year of stepping into your holy destiny. This is going to be a year of much prayer. This is going to be a year of much intercession. This is the year of the miraculous. This is a year of salvation in your home. This is a year of favor over your family. This is a year of great praise. This is a year of families coming back to Jesus. This is a year of reconciliations happening. This is a year of revival in people's hearts to the Lord. This is a year, church, of positioning. Do not take this fasting lightly. Let's be deliberate. Let's be intentional. This is not just the beginning of a new year. This is the beginning of a decade. If this is something, this is everything. And I want to give everything.
for Jesus. So God, we stand in this house today. We sit in this house, in your presence, mindful of who you are. Mindful to be humble in your presence, Lord Jesus, and humble ourselves before you, mighty God. You are God. You are not a better version of us. You are God. And we bow our knee as a church family. We bow our knee in honor, in reverence, in holy respect to you today, Lord Jesus. And we say, have your way. If you have a Bible, let's turn, open up your Bibles this morning to Matthew 6. I'm going to preach a small message here. Matthew 6, 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Church, are you not of much more value than all of them? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, church, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, church, don't worry. Do not worry, it says. What shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. But your, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But, say but. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry. He's saying again. About tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It's part of the purpose of fasting and, and praying is bowing our knee and getting hungry for Jesus and realizing that there is a God and we are not him. It's realizing that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, that his grace is more than enough and is sufficient and is everything that we need. We will never be enough but church, God is El Shaddai, and he will always be more than enough. He will always be your hope. He will always be your provision. He will always be your healer. He will always be your protection. He will always be the one that forgives us. He will always be the one that will never let us go. And Jesus is speaking to them, and he's saying, do not worry. He mentioned this three times, and we need to take note of that. When Jesus says something more than once, Pay attention when he says it once, but really pay attention when he's saying it more. So he says, do not worry. It's mentioned three times there. The word worry was mentioned five times. I read an article from Psychology Today, and it says the average person spends five to six years of their life worrying. In the Greek, wor worry literally means uh, pieces breaking apart. That broke my heart, actually. When I read that, I was like, oh, that's sad. Think about that for a moment. Pieces breaking apart. So when you think about scriptures about how love is the bond of perfection, so pieces coming back together. When we worry, pieces are actually crumbling and falling apart. 
pieces of our mind begin to fall apart. Pieces of our heart begin to fall apart. So five to six years of our life is 2,190 days. I did the math. One, forgive me if I get it wrong. It's been a long time since I was in school, elementary school, when we did stuff like this. 152,560 hours. Come on, guys. Do you know how many minutes? 3,153,600 minutes. The average person will spend worrying in their lifetime. No wonder Jesus is saying, do not worry. Jesus is saying, please do not spend 3 million minutes of your life worrying. I'm here. He's saying, I'm here. He's saying, come to me with all of your heart. Come to me with everything you have in prayer and fasting so you can realize that I am here. I love you. I love you, God is saying. I'm your provider. I'm your protector. I'm your nurturer. I'm the one who will be a husband to you or a wife to you when you feel alone. Because it's who I am. Worry is a sin. Why is it a sin? Because worry is, a, is, is saying that we don't trust you, God. Worry is to, to, to take our lives into our own hands. So when John 15 is saying, apart from me, Jesus is saying, you can do nothing. It's the complete opposite of that. Worry can be a form of pride. And what literally is happening is we are robbing Jesus of being everything that he longs to be in our lives because the enemy wants to bind us up with so much worry, thinking about stuff that just battles our mind and battles our heart. So if the enemy can, this is the thing, this is the lie. If the enemy can get us so bound up with ourself, worry looks like this, oh, pray. Then what, what are we not doing? We're not accomplishing the plans that God has for us. And it becomes a form of self-idolatry. Because in, in the place of worry, we're not lifting up the name of Jesus. So Jesus is saying more than once, do not worry. Look at your enemy, or look at your enemy. Look at your neighbor. Well, in Jesus' name, I hope they're not your enemy. You might have to go pray at the end of church. Look at your neighbor and say, do not worry. I like the butts. You can laugh at that. Jake's funny. I'm not. I said I like the butts. Matthew 6, says, Jesus said, but seek first. And a lot of times we just say, seek first the kingdom of God, right? When we quote that. But the but is to be noticed. It is to be noted. Thank you, someone, for laughing. Because I didn't think of that till just now. And I'm not trying to be funny, but it's, it's kind of funny. You got to notice it. What he's saying is but. It's like a Selah moment. But. And he's not shouting it. He's saying, hey, don't do this, don't do that. And he's so patient. Isn't God so patient? You know, J Jacob was talking about the correction, you know. I think that was you. He's so patient. He's not shouting. But you just feel that correction as a, as a loving father. So I, I love that he's not just telling them not what to do. He's telling them what to do. He says, but. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. 
So stop and seek. Seek literally means to investigate. It means to get to the bottom of the matter. And we know that there is no end to discovering who Jesus is. Let's go deeper in our prayer and fastings this week with the Lord. But seek first before everything else, the kingdom of God, his rule and reign. Seek him and his righteousness. Righteousness literally means to be approved by God. Seek first the kingdom of God and to be approved by God. And all these things will be added unto you. Well, what are all these things? Well, I think all the things are the things that God wants for your heart wants for your life, wants in your life. And what's beautiful there, could we just leave, leave that up? And as we surrender to him, in that place of surrendering and in these 21 days, the things that we thought we really wanted and the things that were filling us up, that we just needed, we needed, we needed, we needed, we needed, you realize, oh, I didn't really need that. Oh, I actually feel better without that. Oh, I actually can see something. Oh, I actually had a God-inspired thought that someone didn't tell me, but God showed me. And let's look at the word kingdom. Let's think about a kingdom. For there, every kingdom needs a, every kingdom needs a, say it louder, every kingdom needs a. And what do we do in the presence of the king? We bow. We bow. We surrender in the presence of the king in humility. We bow. I want to be tried by fire, purified. You take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. I had a conversation with someone this week about that song, or maybe it was last week. And they said, you know, I love that song. My husband was at home. He was playing that song. He just like, it was amazing. He just like could play anything and just plunked out the chords on the piano. But she said, I'm having a hard time singing that song. And I said, that's okay. Because you're thinking about what you're saying. Because you understand in the presence of the king, you bow. And it's going to cost you something. In the presence of the king, we're not just bowing, but we're just saying everything that we have is yours. Our life is not our own. We belong to Jesus. We belong to the King of Kings. We belong to the Lord of Lords. We belong to the one who created us. So Jesus is saying, do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. But seek first the kingdom of God. And I love that because it was a repositioning. Could you see that? Think about that. Do not do this but do this. And I think so often we get focused on, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, correct? Right? Can't have this, can't have that, can't have that. That's why we must add prayer to our fasting or else we will live in this, can't have that, can't have that. How many of you went to go eat stuff the first few days? Let's be honest. And you're like, shoot, I can't eat that. Anyone? Am I the only one who went to drive through McDonald's? Come on. You're literally at the window ordering your fries. No, I'm just kidding. And then you have to look at them and say, oh, my goodness, I'm fasting. Just give it to the person behind me. No, I'm just kidding. No. Yes, I'm a closet McDonald's. Surprise! Jake would be more shocked than anyone. 
But Jesus doesn't want us to live in this place of you can't, you can't, you can't. See, he doesn't want us positioned against the thing. He wants us positioned to the king. Did you get that? He doesn't want us positioned against the thing. He wants us positioned towards the king. And as we position ourselves before the king of kings and before the Lord of lords, there is grace in that positioning so you will not be anxious anymore, church. Did you get that? This is a holy moment, church. Just lift your hands to Jesus. This is a holy moment. Let's get the worship team up here. There is a repositioning that Jesus wants us to take, and I believe just a little bit of a, just a little tweak this week into a little more prayer, to a little more worship, maybe for some of us into a lot more prayer and for a lot more worship, to we're just not, not doing something, we're not just taking something out, but we're positioning ourselves towards the king of kings. And the more time we spend with the king, the more grace we're going to receive to the things that have been attacking us, to the things that have been assaulting us. We are going to receive the grace in that place to overcome. Let's sing Jesus over everything. Let's just stand up. I love this song. Because as we sing Jesus over everything, I always have this picture of the blood of Jesus being applied. And everything that we're dealing with and everything that we're struggling with, it's just like I see a blanket of the blood of Jesus as we declare, not just one of us, but all of us sing Jesus over everything. Over and over, let the people sing. There's a positioning, there's a repositioning that is happening in us in this next year. And it's happening today. In 2 Chronicles 20, 17, a Levite who's a prophet spoke this to Jehoshaphat prophetically from the Lord. He said, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord is with you. For the Lord is with you. How many of you felt alone in this season? God is saying he's with you. He's saying I'm with you. I'm with you. He's saying this battle that you are fighting, you are not out alone in a field, all by yourself with your little arms up. I'm gonna fight you, devil. As we position ourselves towards the king, we don't have to do anything, church, but position ourselves in the presence of Jesus. And all of heaven's army fights for you. Fights for you. The blood of Jesus fights for you. The blood of Jesus fights for your family. The blood of Jesus fights over your body. The blood of Jesus fights over your minds. And you know how this started? 
this started because God told Jehoshaphat to declare a fast throughout all the kingdom. That's how it started. And this little country that was getting invaded on all sides. They didn't just send the battle. They didn't just send the army in. You know who they sent in? The worshipers. Crazy. They sent the worshipers and the singers to the front. And then you know what happened? It brought confusion to the enemy. And the enemy was defeated. It took him three days to gather the spoil. And God got all the glory. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.